as it happens. Um, I think I'm recording. Yep, we're recording. Um, so guess who's back? Back again. Just kidding. That's lame. <laughs> Hey, everyone that listens to this, it's been a year. So if you're getting the notification, you're welcome. Um, and if you're just joining us for the first time ever, hi, welcome to Wed Talk. I'm your host, Eric Smar, and I have a lovely guest with me today. And I just love her so much. We bonded over so many things. We had a several photo shoots before we actually did a real wedding together. But oh, this girl, this girl has my heart. Allie, introduce yourself. Where are you from? Who you are? What you do? Go for it. Thank you so much, Eric. You have my heart as well. I am a wedding photographer based out of Houston, Texas. I've been shooting weddings for about seven years all over the place, and I love it. And our just our worlds collided prior to this uh, COVID era that we live in right now, where uh, I had a client who had booked you, and we had just been like just beginning to like have conversations about timeline and getting things together, and then mm -hmm. literally the world shut down and that wedding was postponed, and we're like, but wait, we like kind of like each other, and oh, we both like like the fact that we like Taylor Swift and became fast friends. And then we're like, oh, let's do a Taylor Swift themed photo shoot for um, you as Eric, just for funsies, because we just wanted to hang out and have fun. And you had some studio time to kill. And, and so just did it. And actually it wasn't, we didn't go into it Taylor themed, but you have, you named the albums of like the different outfits that we chose and we played Taylor Swift. Yes, and we played Taylor Swift album. Yes, named each one a Taylor Swift album, played Taylor Swift the entire time, and then went on for us to create, because, I mean, inspired by people creating things in isolation, Taylor Swift made the album Folklore. And this is slowly becoming a Taylor Swift podcast, but I promise it's not. That's a different <laughs> podcast, TBD. Um, but... Um, you were also excited because you're a Taylor Swift fan as well about the album Folklore that she created, kind of dropped out of nowhere. We were both inspired by like the visual components of it. And we put together a styled shoot for that. And that is a beautiful little baby that we got to work on together as well. And then finally, um, that wedding happened yes. in, in October um, in the still midst of like people figuring out like how are we doing events? How are we doing weddings? And I know I'm talking a lot, but this is all a lead up to the reason why um, I brought Allie on today um, is because we are going to discuss what events look like in like what they've looked like over the past couple months, what, you know, people are planning, what do we, what do we like about what we've seen as vendors um, and what we've like gotten feedback from couples, just where is the industry going? Um, are we focusing on small? Are we trying to get back to normal? So 
this is going to be a lovely discussion. Floor is wide open for us to tap into all these things. So Ali, general question, how are you feeling about events in the time of COVID? I am feeling pretty good about events in the time of COVID, which may be an unexpected answer, but I feel like it's really good for something as solid as the wedding industry to have COVID come in and shake it up and force people to rethink and reinvent how they're approaching planning their weddings or shooting their weddings. And my answer to that is, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> um I guess let's start with um, like, what kind of inquiries are you getting um, as far as weddings go? Are you getting full-fledged like regular, you know, pre-March 2020 vibes of like 200 person wedding, we're doing it big, or are you getting like, hey, it's just like us and our parents in our backyard. Are you getting the spectrum? Like what kind of inquiries are you getting? So I would say on average, the inquiries that I'm getting are smaller than what I was used to pre-COVID. But within that, I have seen a range from very small, like 10-person weddings up to about 100, 150 at the most. So there's there's still been a range, but overall a little bit smaller. And how are you enjoying the this direction of going smaller? Yes, I absolutely love smaller weddings so much. I feel like before COVID, it was once in a blue moon that I would have someone reach out interested in doing a smaller wedding. And that was always really, really exciting. And now that is the the majority of my inquiries. And I am in the midst of a five weddings back to back one each weekend season. Three out of those five, or no, four out of those five have been about 25 people or less. And then only my last one next weekend is around 100. Okay. So what do you love about a small wedding? I feel like overall, there's just less going on because you have less people. Um, Usually a smaller venue, you're dealing with less vendors, less moving parts, And as a result of that, I feel like the couple seems to be enjoying themselves more. They have more time to focus on spending their time with their friends or their family members or their wedding party or whoever their guests are. And they're worried less about all these other things that they're doing during a wedding day. It's less of like a to-do list of running through all these obligations that you have on your wedding day and more of just spending the day how you want to spend your wedding day. And so are you finding timelines kind of reflecting that as well, where it's not as like uh, structured or do you feel like there's still a little bit of structure happening with the events, but within that it's a lot of like fluidity of, oh, you know, hair makeup ad will finish whenever, oh, we're only waiting on 25 people. So like, oh, we know we're waiting for five more. We've got some time. We can start 10, 15 minutes later. Or, you know, what's, is that kind of the vibe? Yes. I mean, I love structure still. And I, I love mean, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, there is still a timeline, but like you said, there, 
is a lot more fluidity within that. So for example, my wedding this last weekend was on the couple's farm. It was only about 15 people and they didn't have a wedding party. So we still had a timeline for the day, but we had a big chunk of time for bridal portraits. And instead of having to rush through those, we, I got to take my bride, Sarah, and we went around her farm. She got to take pictures with her cow, Humphrey. She got to take pictures in the wildflowers with her dog. Oh my gosh. And wait, it's wildflower season in Texas right now. Yes. Yeah. She had blue bonnet. Oh, I bet that was a dream. (laughs) And while we were walking through the field, she turned around and looked at me and she was like, this is exactly how I wanted to spend my wedding day. I was like, that's great. Like you don't, you don't feel rushed. She just got to do whatever the heck she wanted for her portraits. And what, I mean, my just takeaway from you saying that is that she even had the moment to like step back and realize that usually you have those revelations, you know, a couple months later, once you've gotten the pictures back or the, you know, video back from your wedding and you can like, take it all in because you're too busy on the day of, like you said, checking all the boxes, all the obligations, saying hi to so-and-so that's, you know, your parents, coworkers, you know, son that's at your wedding. And you're like, I don't know you. I'll probably never see you again, but thank you so much for coming. Like you're not wasting that time doing all that stuff. So you're able to, in that moment, go like, take a look around and go, no, this is like, this is what I wanted. Yes. Yeah, it was great. And pretty much all the guests were there at the farm all day for the ceremony. We, we got to start it a little bit early because um, everyone was ready. And we're like, do you just want to go get married now? We don't have to wait 20 more minutes. We can just do it now. Um, so that was really fun to have so much flexibility within that. Yeah, I kind of do love that because that's one of the things where I feel like I always have that conversation with clients right before the ceremony starts, especially for those larger count weddings. I mean, I'm talking when I say larger count, I mean, like 150 plus mm-hmm. where I'm looking at the seating. I know I've set it up for like, you know, an additional 20% of the guest count. So there's room for people to like make spaces or whatever, but it's looking very barren. And so like, I'll, you know, either myself or my assistant go out and like count the bodies that are in the room. And then I do the math of like, okay, how many are the wedding party that aren't there that are part of the guest count? Okay. The parents that are also like going to be part of the processional. And I do all that math and I go, okay, there's like 50 people that RSVP'd that haven't shown up yet and we're like five after and so I have that conversation with a couple and go do we want to wait a little longer or like you want to just go for it but what I love that that does is like easy quick like 25 oh yep we're all here like do we want to start early like that I've never have I ever had a timeline where it was like well let's start early (laughs) yeah yeah I mean when you're getting married under an oak tree on your own farm and the guests are your parents and siblings and best friends it yeah there's so much less you have to worry about yeah that sounds great No, I mean, I was saying not no offense, but like no, no downplay to the people that still want to have those, you know, large, you know, big scale, 100, 150, 200, 250, 300 person, you know, Texas size weddings. (laughs) But I feel like going smaller, you know, allows for a lot of those flexibilities starting earlier or starting later or, you know, adjusting things. What are some other benefits you think are coming out of having smaller weddings? Of having smaller weddings, I 
I feel like when you have a smaller wedding, just your budget goes more into what you care about, where when you have a 200 to 300 person wedding and you're feeding every person at $20 minimum a plate, um, your budget runs out really quickly. So, I mean, a lot of people or a lot of women at least grow up thinking about how like their perfect wedding, where it would be, what their dress would be like. And then when you go to actually plan, I remember getting advice when I was planning my wedding of you can only pick three things that you care about. And then that's where your money goes and you just have to compromise on the rest. And I, I had only 85 people at my wedding and still felt like that was true. But when you have a really small wedding, you can pick more than three things. You can pick the venue you wanted. You can get the perfect dress. You can do a three course meal. You can have flowers everywhere. Do a, your planner, your favorite photographer. You can do so many more things. You just your favorite to- planner, photographer, duo. <laughs> Um, no, that, that is so true. And I mean, I don't, you probably couldn't hear it, but I was nodding the entire time Allie was just talking because <laughs> that is, that is sometimes like the conversation that I'll have with couples when we're, you know, when I do one of my more, you know, full planning packages, when I help them with budgets and talk about, okay, like where are your priorities? It's like, where are we going to spend, you know, more of the money? What do you care about? What matters the most? I mean, I've, I never narrowed it down to three per se, <laughs> um, but I try to be like, okay, what are the things that we care about the most and make sure like, okay, if you don't care as much about, you know, paper goods, invitations and like, okay, maybe like if we're looking to cut costs, like maybe we'll just do a digital RSVP where people like log on to a website, but we still send out, you know, and a physical piece of paper or you go the route or one of my couples just did, but like, you know what, we want to save so much money. We're not even gonna do, you know, a paper invitation. We're just going to send it out all digital like make sure nothing gets lost in the mail because I mean, the post office is slacking these days. And, and so, uh, you know, that eliminates that, you know, complication or problem in the mixture of, you know, all the things to worry about these days. And uh, yeah, so I will always take that into consideration, but you're right. Having it on a smaller scale allows you to say, make your money go further. But if you, I mean, easily like you said do the math when you factor in food and alcohol and you know a venue like that alone will determine you know how much you have left to spend on everything else and so yeah it allows people to spend on the dream Mm -hmm. yes making it look more like what they pictured their wedding to be and that's and that's almost something that I feel like that we accomplish in styled shoots mm-hmm. is we get to do all of the details of like an amazing like ceremony backdrop. I'm thinking our folklore shoot. Yes. An amazing tablescape. I'm thinking yeah. our folklore shoot where you get to put in all of these really cool details that I think when you even do it on a larger scale sometimes gets missed. And I know that like as the planner who spends so much time thinking about these details and I'm like over the photographer's shoulder being like, okay, get that, 
Hey, don't like this was important. Like I specifically chose this China because of this reason. And like, can you just make sure, just make sure you take a picture of that. Like, oh, can you just, can you include this as well? I mean, it's a specialty. I mean, it's whatever you want. What I mean, whatever, whatever you think is gonna look great. But at the same time, I'm like, no, there was thought put into all of this stuff. And when you have this like sea of tables and, you know, various centerpieces and so many things to focus on, I feel like those kinds of things can get lost. And so while even sometimes on that grander scale, the dream is there, it sometimes even gets overlooked. So on that smaller scale, you're able to really give life to a lot of those details, things that are like are important to you. Um, so looking like small weddings is got a lot of pros going on. And I feel like, I mean, I had a couple, a couple weekends ago who the groom told me while we were doing the couple's portraits, he, he just said like, I'm so glad that we had a COVID wedding because we did not want to have a big wedding. Um, we knew that we would have all this pressure to invite everyone we knew, everyone from work, every single family member. And like, we're just really thankful that we got to use COVID as an excuse to do what we wanted to do. And I, I just heard that from a couple other people as well. (laughs) Yes. And I, I feel, I, I love that COVID has given people who want something smaller or people who are more introverted or shy, or don't want to make a big deal, or don't love all the attention, it has given them an excuse to not have to have that huge wedding. Yeah, given them the permission to be like, it's okay to not do that. Yeah. And I hope that with people getting more used to having those small weddings, and not necessarily getting invited to everyone's wedding that they know, Um, when people have smaller weddings moving forward, it won't feel like rude or mean and that that expectation will just fall away. That when you have a wedding, you're obligated to invite certain people, certain people. Oh my gosh. I was slightly ranting while listening to one of my (laughs) other favorite podcasts, um, from, uh, Heather McMahon, the podcast, absolutely not where um, somebody called in and discussed that exact thing of like somebody came to her, I think her like grandfather's funeral to confront her about not inviting her to her wedding. And I was like, one, not the right place, but two, like who ever, 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 ever thinks they have the right to be like, I should have been invited and to be upset about it. Like, I, 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 I would never, I keep saying never, ever, but like, it's just so, it's so baffling to me that like, you would have the audacity to ever, like, not only walk up to someone, like, and confront them about it, but even have conversations to your partner, to, you know, a f- friends in the same friend group to be like, I can't believe she didn't invite me. Like, dumb. Yeah, I feel a wedding, a wedding is so personal and there's so many things that go into your decision-making when planning a wedding that, yeah, if you, if you don't get invited to a wedding, you need to just be okay with that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, friends, the episode where Monica was like really upset that she didn't get invited to her cousin's 
wedding and then she like makes Ross bring her as his guest and she gets there and realizes that the groom is a guy that she used to date. And so like clearly there was a reason why you weren't invited. <laughs> and so that may that may be the case. You never know. I know life is not a sitcom, but like there could be a a very good reason why you're not in attendance or like you're maybe close to friends or somebody's in the wedding party, whatever that you had a large falling out with. And so to like avoid any drama, like they were in the wedding party. I was not saying like get a little priority, but just like, just accept it. Also, that's another thing I feel like COVID has given us is like a focus on like the people that like are in our innermost circles, like the people that we are actively like trying to stay in touch with, which I feel like, and I'm kind of rambling, maybe I'll get to a point. Um, the thought idea of like post-college life when, you know, everybody's in the same, you know, city, same town, you're like within minutes walking or you live next door to like a lot of your best friends. And then all of a sudden, you know, life happens, you graduate, you get jobs, you move away. And then you sometimes don't hear from those people again, which is also why I always tell or like caution, like people putting their wedding party together, like, oh, all the girls from my sorority, like, I'm going to invite all of them. We're going to have like a 20 person bridal party. And I'm like, are they going to be in your life in a couple of years? That's again, not to say that they're not special at that moment in time, but like, then you have to coordinate a 20 person love for a party and 20 dresses and just so much. But anyway, bringing it all back. I think we've hit another sore spot of yours through that whole ramble. Do not hire Eric to do 20 bridesmaids, 20 groomsmen. He doesn't want to do it. I mean, I'll manage it, but I just I just foresee it as somebody being the bride or groom managing that and being like, oh, like, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings about not inviting them to be part of the wedding party. Just like have your core people, which... COVID has helped you define who your core people are, bringing it back to COVID weddings and like only inviting the people that like, okay, the parents, you know, siblings, you know, best, best friends, like, because best friend is a term that gets thrown around so easily these days. Everybody's your BFF, but I think it, it helps create that smaller circle. And like you said, allows your money to go further, allows you to get more detailed, you know, with your event. So, I mean... I'm team smaller wedding for sure. Yes. I, I am team. You should have your wedding be what you want it to be. Okay. Let's be PC. (laughs) Of course. Of course that I'm team that as well, but I think I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of that concept because I haven't done very many small weddings and the small weddings that I that I have done have just been like so special especially when they are inside like the couple's home and like I get to design an event that specifically literally fits within the confines of their home they're like okay how many tables can we actually fit inside our home because we're not paying for a tent we know rain plan we're all inside what's the maximum capacity we can fit tables. And so I'm like, okay, well, if we do a 36 inch round here and we do a 48 inch round here and a 60 inch round here, this is how we can like configure that 35 people will max fit inside your house. And then mm-hmm. so like, okay, great. We can invite no more than 35 people. <laughs> but 
it gets on that super intimate level. Like you said, get to be more intentional about the time, get to be able to take those awesome portrait pic like pictures in the field with the blue bonnets and the, the cow, like just mm -hmm. such, I, th I think creates a beautiful all around experience for everybody. Yes. And with, with saying that I want everyone to have a wedding that they want, um, I feel like COVID, like we said earlier, have given people permission to do the smaller wedding and people, I mean, we're, we're at weddings all the time. We see what works, what doesn't the big weddings, the small weddings. Um, and I, I feel like when people think of planning their wedding, they think they have to have a big wedding or at least a hundred people because that's what they've seen everyone do. But with COVID it has opened up the options um, for what's acceptable or even what people realize is possible. Like you can get married at your house in your backyard and it can look beautiful. Yeah. So <laughs> that being said, because this podcast uh, is also um, not only designated for those in attendance um, or planning their wedding, but the people that are helping run and produce it from the vendor side, I think we've touched on a couple of the you know, points of, oh, it's smaller, like, oh, you get to make your budget go further. Um, something that I want to make sure that like anybody listening realizes is that it requires the exact same amount of work from most of your vendors. Therefore, the price of your vendor is not going down based on your guest count, unless it's like, like three, four or five people. But I still like as a planner, and you can then speak to photography. But as a planner, you still need to like create a timeline, create a floor plan, you know, organize the catering, organize the photographer, the videographer, the DJ, the all the same number of elements and vendors are still at play. So I'm not doing any less work actually because I'm not doing it in a venue that I've been to before or a venue that has, you know, working, you know, plumbing for, you know, 30 people to constantly be using it all night. Okay, we have to arrange like trailer, you know, nice bathroom trailer like whatever that like those extra things also come into place there's no at least from my perspective as a planner like a significant discount or even a discount that would exist for doing something smaller because it requires the same amount of work your thoughts as a photographer yes i agree um yeah, I mean, one of the weddings that I had recently was only about 20 people, but it was still a 10 hour day for me. It still required the, the timeline creation, the same steps that I go through with helping a couple prep that are having a really large wedding. Um, and the only thing that is really a difference in my pricing with the smaller weddings is for weddings that are 20 people or under, I don't include a second photographer in those packages because it's mm. super necessary. Um, so I shoot them myself. And so I'm not paying a second person. So it is a little bit less expensive for me, but then I feel like it balances out because I'm kind of doing the work of two people at times <laughs> myself. For sure. So that's, that's a PSA to vendors. Don't lower your prices for smaller events because you're doing the exact same amount of work. And for people planning their events, know that by having a smaller event, it doesn't necessarily mean that your vendor is going to be cheaper. Yes. 
you might save more money by using your house as the venue mm-hmm. or your backyard or whatever. But or, yeah, like the you food's would... not going to be any cheaper. It's still yeah. going to have the same overhead. I mean, with gas prices going up, food might be even a little bit more expensive. Who knows? You might be spending less on alcohol because you're serving it out of your own house. Great. But photographers are still going to take the exact same amount of time. Like you said, 10 hour day. Like me, it's usually a 12 hour day. The timeline planning, the just, just at all, there's not, you're not getting any less service. So therefore, except for you, like you said, you're only providing the less service of pulling out that second shooter. So only if you decrease services, not decrease your guest count. Yes, that's a, it's a great way to phrase it. And from a photography standpoint, I mean, the majority of the time I'm at a wedding, it's pre-ceremony. Um, so I'm only working with the bride, the groom, the wedding party, getting those venue detail photos, taking pictures of the decor. So that guest count really doesn't matter for the majority of the day. Um, even at a 300 person wedding, most of my day is spent only with the couple and the wedding party before the ceremony starts. So it, it just feels different at the reception for the most part. Yes. Work and work. I mean... Call me crazy, but I feel like having a smaller guest count, especially right now, feels safer. Mm-hmm. You know, there are less people, there are less chances of running into somebody. I mean, I know vaccine rollout's been great. I mean, I got my second shot today. Woohoo! Very excited about that. But you know, with you know all the variants, like all the things that you know are still big question marks because. You know, we don't know what's going to happen, how it's going to, you know, roll out. Does it protect against all the variants? Like, just like we have to get a new flu shot every year, we're going to have to get a new COVID shot every year. Like, is this just going to be a new normal? Whatever. Having that smaller count lessens the risk of, you know, contracting, spreading, et cetera. And if you're only going to ones that are like close circle people, then you're not going to, okay, well, I've got like, I'm hitting up three weddings this weekend. I've got one that I was invited to Friday, Saturday and Sunday, actually two on Saturday. I'm going to try to make the other one, but like you would be interacting with, you know, a thousand people in one weekend or like over the course of a month. Whereas now we're like, maybe we interact with like 40 people. (laughs) And that's especially nice in Texas having the smaller weddings because the weddings that I've been going to that are big, know they're inside no one's wearing masks so (laughs) i mean we don't need to get into politics but (laughs) it doesn't help when a governor doesn't uh follow the lead of science and our nation's leading experts on recommending the uh protection that a mask could provide because people aren't going to do it themselves it's been interesting yeah it's yeah. so funny to, to go to venues and I've been a lot of um second shooting too where I'm the assistant photographer to another lead photographer so a lot of it's it's very funny to go to venues where they have signs posted everywhere that say like masks required social distancing enforced you may not approach the bar without a mask on just signs everywhere but then not a single person wears a mask all night and it's like oh <laughs> Which I feel like can be both a, like, a function of, like, oh, well, they're not doing it, so, like, 
I'm not going to do it. Or, Oh, you know what? If there's just too many to enforce, like we're not going to be able to do it, but like you can be serious about it. And I've had couples be very serious about it because mm -hmm. I did um, a wedding in February and the couple was like, no, we're putting like full kits together. Like when you arrive, here's your kit. It includes a mask, hand sanitizer, like, and make sure when you enter, like you are going to feel safe as the guest, you know, attending and, and also keep everybody else safe. Um, I have a wedding coming up in May that's uh, wanting to use the, I don't know if you've seen it online, the like color system of like wearing like a sticker or like a, one of those like live strong kind of like bracelets of like red, yellow, and green, like red means like, do not approach me. <laughs> yellow is like, we can talk, but keep your distance. And green's like, you can approach me. Like, as long as you're wearing a mask, like we're good. Um, and she's discussing like how, how we would possibly, you know, do and distribute that at check-in possibly do like a temperature check as well, just to kind of make everybody feel comfortable upon entering Like, okay, at least nobody here is experiencing some symptoms. Yes. <laughs> at least, at least baseline, you know, everybody went through this process, they were screened. Um, and I feel like she was, she was kind of also discussing like, well, I mean, if somebody has got a fever, like I hate to turn them away. I'm like, I mean, you show up at an event and you have a fever, like you should be like, I'm sorry, I didn't realize I'm out. Like, like even before COVID, you shouldn't show up to someone's wedding with a fever. Right, 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 right. But again, when you're when it's Texas and it's hot, you like you might just be like, oh, am I running hot because it's you know over a hundred and humid, or yeah. is it because I'm sick? So, yeah. Why was I, I saying it. all that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen back and I'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was making a point about people and COVID safety and number of people in a room and how many people come to an event and safety. Yeah, that's, I got it. I got it. I pulled it back. Pulled it back. Yeah, there's been such a range with uh, weddings that I've been to during COVID where it's 200 people inside, no masks. And then I've been to weddings that were like immediate family only masks on the entire time even for photos um like bride and groom only remove their masks to do their first kiss immediately put them back on it's been quite a range which i mean i support whatever you feel comfortable with mm -hmm. while while i as the vendor have been in i've done three weddings since covid went down and I, I went in with the mentality of I will not be in the room that the people are in. I'll do my best to like, okay, ceremony's happening. I'm in the reception room. Reception's happening. I'm in the ceremony room. If I'm lucky to be working at a venue where they're joining, or if it's, you know, reception's inside, okay, I'll be hanging outside on the like patio area. It's just that way I'm not confined in the space, but still able to do my job, still right there, able to like pop in and check in with the bride and groom or pop in and like cue the DJ and make sure everything's still flowing without having to be like long-term breathing in a room with, you know, 50 to... 150 people that doesn't least that's work for photographers, but <laughs> harder for you which okay so what are some of the strat strategies techniques that you've been utilizing to keep yourself safe as a photographer well I think vendors in general have an advantage because none of the guests are expecting to come up and hug a vendor like with other guests this um, is true 
not eating at the same dinner table as a bunch of other guests. Um, yeah, no one's trying to come up and shake my hand or give me a hug or anything, but I've been wearing a mask to all my weddings. I carry a little hand sanitizer around in my bag. Um, so I haven't gotten COVID. <laughs> been to a lot of weddings, so it's working out. So what are uh, any other um, big things that you feel are um, worth mentioning as far as having smaller events or things that you've noticed, whether it be as a vendor, as a business, as like just things that you've seen, heard, felt that you want to share and let other people know out there like, oh, I feel this too. Like, what are... Are you, are you busier than you've ever been? Like, what are just anything you kind of want to touch on else about this, like, weird, like, time that we're in? Um, so I feel like a great thing to talk about is how crazy 2021 and spilling into 2022 are going to be for wedding vendors. Um, and I was oh, talking yeah. a couple days ago about how I've just been getting inquiries left and right, like at the highest rate I've ever gotten them. Now that vaccines are rolling out, people are ready to plan their weddings. Um, and I think you mentioned to me um, that these are couples that got engaged pre-COVID. Yes, or like in March or April or May, like at the beginning of COVID and have just been waiting until they felt like they could start planning, like get the green light. And this vaccine rollout has been their green light. Interesting. Because I feel like all of my people have been, like, my people, <laughs> my people, all of the people that have been inquiring with me, I've <laughs> uh, been doing consultations with, they, like, they got engaged during, I would say, the normal engagement season, aka Thanksgiving through Valentine's Day. Um, so that's very interesting to hear that there's... Yeah, there's been a mix, but what stands out as unusual for sure that they just literally like pause oh, yeah because normally i'm like so did you like did you just get engaged and what i'm used to hearing is oh yeah a couple weeks ago or a month ago like at most but now Not i'm asking, a year ago I've been engaged for a year we're just i'm like oh, okay <laughs> oh that Yes. Like, oh, and I wasn't really hearing that from anyone until the last month. And it's, yeah, people. I mean, I feel like I've had a rando um, mm-hmm. inquiry in the past where it's like, yeah, we got engaged a year ago, but then like med school happened and then we moved and we just never, like, we didn't figure out where we wanted to have it. So we've just been engaged for a long time. Now it's like, mm, we couldn't. So we didn't. Or, yeah. I've got a couple that were like, well, we're already married. Like we courthoused it up like, and like, no, literally it was just us and the judge. Now we want to do the big thing with, you know, guests and family and such. Yeah, I I had a meeting with a girl who just booked me and she was like, so my husband and I, and I was like, oh, I I didn't know if she like accidentally said husband because Uh she Excited to be married, but I was like, oh, you're already married. And she's like, yeah, we got married like last April and now we're doing our wedding. But yeah, we've been married for a year. <laughs> so Which, it's funny because it's like, yeah, you, you joke of like, oh, you only get married once or you only want to get married once. But now a lot of people are getting married twice to the same person. So yeah, it's funny. That's, 
that's what my May wedding coming up. Um, they got married on their original date last year and are having like the bigger party this year. And so she is, I'll say very much over it. <laughs> um, but she's uh, described her attitude towards it is just like, I'm just ready for it to be over with. Like, we're already married. Like, just want to have it and just like move on. Like, we had already spent all this money. We've even considered like just canceling it all together, but they were going to lose too much in like the money they'd already paid and put down. So like, let's just, let's just do it. And so I feel like it's, it's very like weird places for a lot of people to be at right now in those different mindsets of like, well, we already got married and like, you know, do we need to have the big thing? Or people are like, well, let's wait, like some of the people that you're getting. And, and yeah, that it's, it's just a lot. It's, it's feeling very busy. Like you said, the wedding industry, I think is going to be popping. Um, I think a lot of people have tried to be creative, but I think it's been a lot of either super small things or just putting things on pause. And now with vaccine rollout, I think, you, like you mentioned, people are feeling a little bit more confident about planning their weddings, you know, end of this year, going into 2022, and getting ready to party again with, as Gaga said, 100 people in a room. Yeah. So if you are working or considering planning your wedding soon, uh, you need to get on it because you're competing with 2020 brides and 2021 brides and we're going into 2022 brides. So it's like twice the amount of people competing for the same dates. Um, I'm also getting 2023 Are you and like pretty consistently, but I've like formulated a response from just like, I can't we do don't know. I'm like, I can't, I can't book you then. I'm like, I don't, I personally, I don't know about you, but I don't like to book more than 18 months out from the event time because I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to be. Like you, you know, I move all over the place. I, I do a bulk of my business out of Houston. I do events in Chicago, but heck, like I had a wedding that was going to be in Nashville this coming weekend, but they rescheduled for next year. Um, you know, I've had weddings in Virginia and LA, like I'm wherever you need me to be. Um, and so I don't know where I'm going to be in a year and a half. 2020 years is right. Right. It's a little far. It's a little far, a little far. Um, but then, you know, to piggyback on the, you know, not only is the market now saturated with people trying to book vendors for similar dates. I mean, that's why like, I've, I've got a Thursday wedding coming up in June. Like, I'm here for it. Like, let's, let's do it on a weekday. Like weddings. Yes. I love I, Friday weddings. It's, it's so great. I think, I feel like, you know, it's because venues are so booked or like you're looking for a little bit, you know, cheaper, you know, of a price that you know venues charge less for a weekday, but um, the market's so saturated. Number one, with just the sheer quantity of people, will there will will there be enough vendors? I mean, I always say that there's enough vendors to go around for everybody, but like, will it become that much harder to find somebody that's not booked? Because I know that I personally do not like to book more than one wedding in one weekend. Um, do you have the same philosophy? Um, I can do two in a weekend, but I'm definitely going to have to take the day after to just sleep all day. <laughs> Decompress. Yes. Just because for me, I mean, I did it my first year in business. I just said yes to anybody who wanted to book me. I was like, uh-huh, sure. So I'll do a Friday and a Saturday or a Saturday and a Sunday. I even did one, one time <laughs> that was a Friday 
in Houston and a Saturday in Austin, like two different cities, like a couple that. hours apart. And then I did one, one time in Chicago. And then that was a Saturday night one. And then I did an event, not a wedding, but an, an event the Sunday. So like I hopped on a plane at the earliest, like 6am that I could get out of Chicago, got there, set up, ready to go by 11. Like it was insane. That is insane. I don't recommend this. Although I am a, I would say peak Aquarius at being master, like juggler of 45 things at one time. But I, I, after that first year and doing those crazy things, I was like, I will only do one event per weekend. And so with that mindset, like it could become to the point where like us vendors are like, I'm at max. Like, I know I don't do more than 20 events in a year. And I think when we were, we've talked before that that's kind of like your goal as well. Yeah. So I think a lot of people kind of have a max number that's, they may, they, they'll say I'll do 20, 25 weddings in a year. And they hit that. And you may inquire on a Saturday that they technically have open, but they just but, don't have bandwidth to take on any more weddings. Because they're already scheduled for the other three weekends. <laughs> <laughs> Like they need some like a weekend off. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that'll also be interesting to see how, I mean, I've, I've talked to some florists and they're like, oh, we're, we're growing, we're expanding because of this. And like, I've even thought about like, should I like bring on like an associate planner? Like, should I like, cause I'm getting the inquiries. I mean, I've built the business, the, you know, the Instagram following the, like all the reviews on the knot that I've got this good structure set up in place, but it sucks that I'm getting all these inquiries that I have to say no to and can't take advantage of that. And so uh, I've been encouraged by some photographer friends to consider opening that up, bringing on like, and so like, many photographers are brought on like an associate shooter to like work under them, under their styling, their editing style and still be their name. But then you don't have to show up and you make the money. Yeah. But again, I don't know if I'm up for that <laughs> with everything else that's going on, considering I don't it. myself ever doing something like that, but. I think it's too personal in yeah. some ways where I'm like, I feel like I'd be too much of a control freak. And I want to know, like, be texting, like, every three minutes, getting updates, like, okay, so how's it going over there? Even though, like, I'm off that weekend, because, you know, that's my weekend off. And I just be like, oh, my gosh, what? everything okay? Just our own time? Everything, all the vendors show up? Are we good? Freak. And I, I feel like I'd love to get to know my couples. And I don't know, I, I would have trouble trusting someone else to give the same exact experience. Mm -hmm, for sure. I, I like just work. I like working for myself and only having myself as a coworker. And my dog. But yeah, and the only benefit that I would really love and enjoy from having an employee would be being able to offer health insurance and getting that action. Yeah. But um, is there uh, anything else you would love to add to the world? Um, whether it be COVID wedding revelation related, personal life, your favorite new Taylor Swift song that has come out. I know that the album comes out Friday. Whatever you want to talk about, I'm giving you a platform. If you've got, you know, a pet peeve about events, weddings, anything you just want to share that has that we haven't touched on, feel free to share. And you can also say, Eric, we've we've talked enough. Um, my favorite song right now is the one that just came out today, Mr. Perfectly Fine. Whatever it is, go. 
okay, oh man, I need a moment to think about. Okay, you get a whole moment. <laughs> oh, what do I want to talk about? I feel like, gosh, I feel like I'm between two things and you can tell me which one you think would be better. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, so we're going to touch on both of your topics. Which one do you want to start with first? Let's start with family photos. So Light on me. My biggest wedding pet peeve is when the family photos list is too long. So I always tell my couples to not exceed 20 combinations, 15 to 20 mark. That's um, a good number. Yes. And that each combination they can estimate to take one to two minutes. So when they have that in their head, it's like, okay, do I really, do I really want to do 25 combinations and have that potentially take almost an hour? And it's so, it's so dependent on your family. You need to know your family. If your family is super organized and they listen well, and you know that they won't wander away, uh -huh. you can do more family photos. But if, your family is going to be like herding cats like, or running you, running to the bar and we can't find uncle bob because he's yeah. already tossing them back like if, yeah if you know your dad is going to is going to leave after every single picture that he's in even though you've told him he is in a lot of pictures then you're going to need to cut your list back <laughs> because where I see couples go from being in a good mood to a bad mood most often is during family photos. And it's pretty much always because they did more than I recommended. And they're uh, that uh, is a great, great piece of advice. Cause I, I think the piece of advice that I've always given out with creating that family photo list is actually creating the list, but, not just like putting bride's uncle, father, the bride, mother, the bride, whatever, putting the bride's cousin, whatever, putting their actual names. Yes. Because nobody is going to respond to uncle of the bride at a wedding. They're yep. going to respond to uncle Bob. Yes. I always ask my couples to list out first names of everyone. And then they get bonus points if they put like in parentheses at the end, what group that is. So like bride's immediate family or groom's extended family mom's side. So I know who the group is, but then as I'm calling out names, I'm not like grandma. <laughs> that's unless, unless that's her like name yeah. that they call her. She just is called grandma. But when you her get like, a like cousins, <laughs> cousin. <laughs> But yeah, I have I have seen that work when it's like a super large family and they like say like the last name cousins and like they like activate and then they're there. That works really the only time I prefer to use the group name is when it's like the mom or dad's extended family. Yes. And give me the last name where it's like, oh, the Smith family. I can just say everyone on the Smith in the Smith family. Smith family. Are you in the Smith family? Come to the front. Um, but yeah, giving first names is super helpful. Keeping it small. I, yeah, I started to be more intense about my advice about that after I had a couple, one of my first weddings, give me a list of literally like 50 different combinations. 
And I told, I told her, I was like, are you sure that this is what you want? I think it's a little bit long. And she's like, that's what I want. And then about halfway through the pictures, she just walked up to me and said, you were right. And she took the pen out of my hand, took the list from me and just started crossing things off. (laughs) Like I am over this. I don't want to do any of these. What's left is what I want to do. And she crossed off like the majority of what was for me. Love that. Love that. I mean, it's not like we've not done this, you know, over a hundred times. Like we know what we're talking about when we give you advice. It's because we've seen it work before or we've seen it not work before and why you should listen to us and why you've hired us as your professional for your event. Like, listen, I just want to be like, I'm not telling you to keep it under 20 because I'm lazy. I'm correct. Keep it under 20 because I want you to have fun and enjoy yourself at your wedding. And, if- and I, I'm not telling you that I don't want you to assign people to seats at a table because I don't want to go around and like remember who's supposed to be sitting next to who as I'm like putting your place cards because it's a seated dinner. But I'm saying that to you, that's going to be extra work because not only did you need to assign which group sit at the table, but literally who is left and who is right of each person at your wedding. Like it's a lot of extra work for you. Or like in this, you, the person planning your wedding. And then this, in this situation, it's a lot of extra work for you, the photographer with that list and just takes up much more time. Yes. Yes. I've even had with, with that as well, the advice of, okay, coming up with a list, making sure you write out the names and like the group afterwards, but then having a responsible member of that family also be by your side to help like call out people, even if they're not responding to their name or the group gathering, they're like, yo, yo over here, let's go. You're up. Like, because you don't know who they are. You haven't met the extended family. You have no idea. So I've also like, when I've seen those situations where it's like, this this looks lengthy or like, you've got a lot of people. Is there anybody on each side even that like you could assign, make them feel special. They're like the family wrangler to help make those pictures happen like really fast. So you're not spending the entirety of cocktail hour taking family pictures. Yes. I'm like, do you have an extroverted relative who knows everyone who won't mind like yelling names? And then possible, I always love to have my second shooter right next to me with that list calling off names. Then when inevitably Uncle Bob disappears to the reception, I can be like, go get, go get Uncle Bob. (laughs) So I can keep taking the pictures and moving through it. Yes. Great. (laughs) Love that. Thank you for sharing that. I think very important and very helpful for people planning their events. Even when you have a 25 person group, just trying to think of like, okay, putting even a group of one people together. Okay. That's one to two minutes. Okay. If I want to do different combinations of all 25 of those people, because, okay, great. We want to take formal pictures of everybody in attendance. Let just letting them know that's going to take up to an hour. Yeah. Just by sheer arrangements, people spacing, lighting, moving somebody, stepping them over. Oh, we're not at a venue that has like a tiered step up for like for you to stagger people. So now when you get chairs, like there's so many other things that go into each of those moments that take extra time. Mm-hmm. Great. When so our other issue. Oh, yes. <laughs> vendor I, meals. Yes. Vendor meals. Um, I think that it's an area of the wedding day that is helpful to learn more about as the couple 
um, and why your vendors like your planner or your photographer or your videographer need to eat before your guests, even though I, I always hate getting in line before guests because it feels so rude. But if you think about your wedding day with pictures, the one part of your wedding day that you're not going to want pictures of is people eating. You don't want a bunch of pictures of people putting food in their mouths and chewing. Um, Absolutely not. Yes. So that is the best time for the photographer and the videographer to eat. And that's when the, I mean, that's when the planner is not really, once you dismiss the tables to the buffet, then that's a good break for you too, right? As a planner. No, no. <laughs> well, listen, I, I take a completely different approach because there are times where either I will not eat at all and I'll just get like fast food on the way home. Or if there's any like leftover, I'll ask the catering staff to like, hey, pack me to go box of the food. But I think I'm, I'm just a little bit more neurotic where it's like, I'll make sure the vendors eat and then I'll make sure every table's been served. And then I'll go like, okay, has the bar staff been dismissed? Like the security, I'll make sure everybody else has eaten. And then by that time, it's like, okay, it's time to move on to the cake cutting, time to move on to the toast where I'm still need to be on. And so, I mean, I've, that's just a burden I put on myself. I, I included in my contract where I'm like, I get a vendor meal. Like I get the provided the opportunity to be served food, but do I always take advantage of that? No, unless the day is going so smooth and everything like, and the caterers on point with, you know, oh, they listened and prepared the vendor meals aside or like just had a small buffet in the back for the vendors. That way we were able to serve ourselves separate from, you know, what was happening with the guests that then that way it's like, oh, I actually do have a minute to sit down and like inhale food for a literal minute before I'm worried about like, okay, is everything okay? Uh, and jumping back up and, and heading back out into the reception space, but very important. Yes, because I found that when I have to wait until every single guest has been served, then a lot of times I don't have any time before toast start or before cake cutting starts. And then by the time I get through dances, cake cutting, toasts, food has been put away and I don't have the chance to eat. So you, you want your photographer and your videographer eating at the same time as the guests, because you don't want pictures and video of people eating. (laughs) Correct. That's a perfect, perfect break time. And that's something that I like to um, make happen. There have been times where in the catering contract, they specifically say they will not feed vendors until all the guests have been served, which is sometimes a harder workaround. But I think even though that's in the contract, I'll like just in planning and having, you know, final planning meeting sessions with the catering company be like, just describe to them, this makes sense. Can I get six plates? Like just make it happen. And they're like, usually pretty, pretty chill about it. But there are some that have been sticklers or like, oh, we got called out by a client one time who was mad that they saw the security guy, you know, getting food, you know, and I'm like, but see, that's again in that list that I just went through earlier. One of the last people I'll make sure gets fed because I'm not saying like they are they don't matter, but they're like last on the totem pole because only I mean I say all they just get to observe, watch, be there if needed. They're not like active on the entire time like we are. Yeah, and I I mean I I hate I hate eating before guests. It just goes against all of my manners instincts. 
so I feel like if you would prefer your vendors to eat after the guests, or if that is a rule that your catering has, then maybe just make sure to build in at least 10 to 15 minutes buffer um, for your vendors to have a chance to grab food before you begin toast, cake cutting, dances. Um, just as long as I get to eat. <laughs> that's very, that's very crucial. And I think something else that I've discovered as well, just in this day and age, just bring it up that a lot of, you know, vendors, you know, just like a lot of your friends and family have some dietary restrictions. So don't just assume that your menu that you're creating, whether it's like for all your guests that they uh, can just, oh, they can just have whatever the guests are having or you don't make it aware because the catering company will make specific vendor meals, not letting them know, oh, they're vegetarian, vegan, like lactose intolerant, whatever it is. And then all that's available, they're like, oh, heard that they were vegetarian. So here's a big pile of mac and cheese. Oh, wait, lactose intolerant, not going to work. Vegan, not going to work. So I think also just being aware, and I've had some clients take that extra step to be like, asking the vendors and letting the caterer know without asking me, but as the planner, that's something I like to sometimes follow up with and be like, mm. or some people are trying a diet like a keto or something, or, you know, they're not, they're not, not eating a certain type of meat, whatever it is, like that can be accommodated for sure. So don't be afraid as a vendor to speak up or as the client, like ask your um, vendor team about that. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any dietary restrictions. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't referring to you. <laughs> oh, I know. I was just going to say, but when couples who reach out and ask, I always am so appreciative of that. Yeah. That's just really going above and beyond. For sure. To me, that's so nice when they yeah. ask. Great. I think Allie, two very lovely points that needed to be talked about, discussed, shared, and very helpful to, again, both the vendors and people planning their events. All right. I think we have hit the nail on the head for our perspectives and our takes on how COVID has is going to be impacting the industry. We love a good small event. We <laughs> want you to have whatever kind of event you want though. And just be aware of all of the caveats that can come with having an event right now. Yes, and still hire a planner, even if you're having a small event. I didn't, I did not tell her to say that, but <laughs> do it, do it. There's still, again, like I was describing earlier, all the same number of moving parts and pieces and it's happening in a place that's not designed for events. So yeah. if like, anything more important to have a planner, if you're doing something at your own house or at an interesting, unique venue, yes. Hire a planner. <laughs> Thanks, Allie. Um, Allie, where can the world find you if they just love your voice and want to be friends with you, if they are looking for their wedding photographer and want to check out your style and see if they want to hire you, where can the world find you? It's super easy. It's just my name. So my name is Allie Minitree, A-L-I-M-I-N-E-T-R-E-E. -E. And it's AllieMinitree.com is my website and at AllieMinitree is my handle on Instagram. How easy is that? You can follow me on TikTok too at AllieMinitree, but <laughs> can't promise. Okay, I, I should have brought this up earlier as part of her intro. I have been MIA, I think, from the gram and social medias, except for Twitter, 
just because I'm a Taylor Swift fan. Um, can't not be there um, since like June. And the times that like somebody tags me in something on Instagram and I like pop on for like a second, Allie's like Facebook or Facebook Instagram reels will pop up, which I feel like either you like copy your TikTok or you make it and it populates in both. I don't know how it works because I'm not that hip technology i'm an old 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 millennial um anyway and you're so funny you are very entertaining and <laughs> brings me a little joy and a little laugh and a little giggle i think the one that i just saw was like the me dancing at your um reception little compilation and i was like this is so funny so even just for the content yes follow her on the tiktoks on and yes i said the tiktoks i am becoming an old person i put an s the tiktok on tiktok not the TikTok. Oh my God. I need to shut up. I need to stop talking and take a breath. Allie, thank you so much for joining me today and um, lending your expertise. As always, lovely to see your face, hear your voice. And um, just a little teaser, Allie and I are also going to be producing another episode that for this podcast that I am so excited about. And you might want to skip over, but it's fine. Just a little teaser. And I'll leave it at that. Have a Lovely day, um, everybody, wherever you're at listening, whenever you're listening to this. Um, and I'll do my little outro thing from before because I don't remember all the things because it's been so long. Okay, bye. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to email us at wedtalkpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to find us on Instagram, you can find us at, you guessed it, wedtalkpodcast. And mixing is by me. Sorry about it. Logo and theme music by Aaron Gaines. Hope you guys have a lovely and safe weekend, and we'll catch you next time here on Wet Talk.